KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. So over the last month, a lot of terms, a lot of concepts, a lot of ideas that I think most of us never gave a second thought to have suddenly come rushing to the forefront where we're desperately Googling things and trying to find out everything we can. Obviously, a lot of that is on the the medical side. But I think one of the more interesting ones that I hear people talking about that I never thought I would hear talking about is the supply chain. How stuff gets from A to B. What's in between A to B? How could A to B fall apart? Will I still be able to get what I want? How do I get what I want? Where does it come from? These are all things I think we took for granted when things were quote-unquote normal, and now it is a big question mark. So we wanted to find out everything we could about how the supply chain works, how it's being affected, and how this pandemic could change it going forward reached out to a gentleman named David Kurz. He's an associate clinical professor at Drexel's LeBeau College of Business. And we basically just talked all things supply chain. Check it out. All right, so let's set the table here for someone listening to this that had no concept of supply chain past my store has what I want, I'm going to buy it, and it's always there. Uh, Describe the supply chain and how it works. Yeah, okay, sure. So uh, think of a supply chain as a network. Uh, It's got to be a coordinated network of effort. uh, And we're trying to bring the right amount of products and services to customers. Uh, It's got to be products and services they want and they need them. Uh, And uh, it's got to be delivered to them when they demand them. So really supply chain is about doing that. Uh, Each supply chain is unique to different products and segments. It's kind of uh, a mistake to think of there's one supply chain. Uh, there uh, are aspects of the supply chain that are shared, uh, but in general, we talk about them by segment, uh, product segment, uh, work product, uh, as well as companies and industries. Uh, they all have unique uh, supply chains. There are basic uh, building blocks to the supply chain. If we're talking about supply chain in, in the, the, its basic form, it involves a planning function. So that's what do I need to make and where do I need to position it in the supply chain. Uh, then you have sourcing, which is uh, how do you obtain the inputs to production? What do I need to in order to make this product? Uh, and then there's the manufacturing piece, the make, uh, and that's obviously an important part of it. But then delivering it is also a huge part. So Uh, We can have uh, inventories of of items, critical items, but uh, it may be stuck in a warehouse somewhere where we don't know about it. Uh, There may be transportation challenges to get that uh, product to stores and ultimately consumers. So we are a few weeks into this uh, pandemic, which I think is unprecedented for our society. How well do you think supply chains have held up so far? Uh, I mean, it's it, it like you said, it's unprecedented. Uh, we've uh, we have so many examples already of uh, major disruptions, and we've never seen anything like this before. Auto manufacturing, 
technology, manufacturing, consumer manufacturing, countries declaring states of emergencies and closing shopping centers and activities being put on hold, uh, you know, aside from the medical side of the equation, just uh, the, the uh, industries have been overturned in, in, uh, in a matter of weeks. It's been really quite shocking. That said, going back to what I mentioned earlier, yeah, each supply chain is different. You know, so it's a, it's a mistake to say that supply chains are broken. That's not true. I think that uh, some supply chains have proven to be fairly resilient uh, during this current shock. Uh, I mean, I, w- I would say just uh, from what I've uh, been reading and seeing that uh, there are aspects of our food supply, for instance, in the U.S. Uh, that have been pretty resilient and uh, have uh, weathered well uh, and are holding up well uh, to your question. And then obviously there are others uh, that have shown real signs of strain or uh, maybe are even considered broken, you know, around some of medical supplies uh, and uh, personal protection equipment. Are there weak points in supply chains that have you concerned? Maybe not now, but as this goes on? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, you know, we need to, we need the supply chain to deliver things that keep people safe and healthy. Uh, so those are areas that have all of us concerned, right? We hear about the issues around medical professionals not having enough supplies to keep themselves safe and take care of patients uh, that need them. Um, this is a very unusual situation. It's, it's hard to say where that exact breakdown is occurring. Uh, but one of the, the big themes that we have in, in supply chain uh, research uh, and uh, in practice is what we call visibility into supply networks. Uh, so one of the one of the uh, keys here is we have to know what items we have in production are, are uh, in inventory, and if we know and we know where they are, uh, so we can get those things produced if demand increases. Uh, and we can transport them to where they're most needed in time. Uh, so this this is a classic supply chain challenge that you see acting out right now uh, on the stage. I mean, we've got uh, we we are hearing stories of certain pieces of equipment that are needed in hospitals, for example. And one side of the story is saying we we uh, are, have asked for this and we can't get it, and there are others that are saying they're sitting um, in. Um, other parts of the supply chain, but they just haven't been accessed. So we need visibility. That's the bottom line. Has this current situation created its own unique set of problems? And conversely, have you heard or or read or learned of any unique problems solving to attack it? Yeah, well, we, we all hope this is a unique event. Yes, it has created some really dramatic and visible problems. So in supply chain, we talk about demand forecasting. That's a, it's a really key part of the supply chain function. It's being able to accurately or as accurately as possible forecast demand for certain items and products. Uh, so our demand forecasting models just uh, don't take into consideration dramatic disruptions like this. Um, they, they don't. Uh, I mean, supply chains try and in normal times uh, to be steady and lean and low cost. You know, so our objective uh, in supply chain is very often to deliver just the right amount to satisfy demand. Uh, we don't want to leave uh, demand unsatisfied, but we don't want to hold a lot of inventory. So 
so we're trying to manage it uh, at, at a very thin uh, margin. You know, when you get a huge disruption like this, those models are broken. I mean, almost immediately. Uh, and then we have to react. Uh, and so you know, there are uh, really high class supply chains uh, that have, uh, for organizations, let's say, that have scenarios where they plan for disruptions, they've got networks in place uh, to help them really continue. You know, so say a China sourced manufacturing, you know, input to production or a product. Uh, if that is just taken out of the picture, uh, some of the best supply chains in the world are ones where they've been able to um, actually have a network developed where they can plug that gap uh, that um, that appears uh, due to a disruption. Uh, but um, not all of us are on the same page with that. Uh, we are finding companies are. Now, I think that's one of the impacts of this situation is that the companies are uh, starting to see that maybe they need to invest in uh, more robust, resilient supply chain networks uh, to avoid disruptions uh, that are cascading around uh, the globe. We've seen shortages of stuff specifically like toilet paper, which I still don't quite understand, but that's a different discussion <laughs> for a different day. Do, yeah. are, those, are those problems tied to a supply chain, or is that just extraordinary demand outstripping supply short-term? Yeah, well, I can, I can give you my, my opinion about it. I don't have a lot of data on this, but uh, uh, this is an example, I think, of how spikes in consumer demand uh, and, and, let's face it, some extraordinary behaviors can overwhelm inventories. Uh, and we have this idea of safety stock, uh, which is uh, just the amount of inventory to handle uh, some bumps uh, in demand uh, that might happen. But I, <laughs> I think we've been seeing examples of certain items like that uh, being overwhelmed. And, uh, you know, maybe we're even overwhelming production capacity. Uh, so, you know, I haven't honestly looked into this particular problem, but I, I would expect production and shipping to eventually catch up with demand. Um, and uh, especially if we see more rational consumer behavior, uh, then maybe we'll see balance restored there. More worried, though, uh, about the spikes and behaviors we're seeing there uh, maybe impacting those medical professionals uh, with the safety equipment. Um, you know, I feel like uh, that's where consumer behavior could be dangerous. You know, we, we kind of have to all do our part uh, and make sure those supplies get to the people who need them. You know, and, and we are in a global economy. I think we have to recognize that um, in spite of some of the trade uh, discussions that have been uh, on the table for the last few years. Uh, we, we do see uh, that some items that we've been relying on coming from China, for example, will most likely come back online uh, earlier, you know, because uh, of the way uh, they've been able to manage the situation. We sh they should safely be able to return manufacturing and transportation um, ahead of uh, the U.S. Uh, so we should see some some of those uh, types of items coming back uh, uh, into the supply chain uh, coming from the global side, maybe faster than what we're seeing uh, the impacts in the U.S. You mentioned that medical supply chain, and we've heard so much about the lack of PPE. Do you feel that's a yeah. supply chain issue, a preparedness issue, uh, an overall supply issue, or all of the above? Yeah, I, I wish I had the answer to that. And uh, it, it's it's definitely an example 
of how global and integrated some supply chains have become. Uh, so visibility across the networks, I mentioned visibility before, uh, that's a key action item for firms. Uh, with the medical supply issues, uh, we don't, I don't think we really have a clear idea of where the inventories are, uh, how, how, uh, what our production capacities are, where, you know, what are the logistics, are things actually produced and sitting in, in inventories in, in warehouses where we, we can't get a hold of them, or there, are they stuck in some part of the logistics supply chain? You know, so this is the key, uh, you know, and, and we hear conflicting stories uh, you know, about, um, you know, some of the key items, you know, where are they? Uh, and are they, do they need to be produced or do we have excess capacity in some part of the supply chain that could be allocated uh, over, you know? So uh, again, uh, transparency and visibility is key. This is where I mentioned earlier that we focus on what we call the digital supply chain. Uh, this is one of the huge opportunities uh, and in fact, it's it's almost a necessary investment that firms need to make uh, now uh, to become uh, better able to see where things are in the supply chain and uh, to connect that up to the demand forecast more effectively. Uh, if we can see that, we'll be able to weather these types of shocks uh, and be able to make the right decisions more rapidly. And going along with that and kind of as a follow-up to that, could this pandemic and and the havoc it's it's you know unleashed? Could this change our approach and how we approach and execute supply chains here in this country forever? You think? I think it already has really impacted and changed things. Um, uh, I'll tell you what I see. Uh, so short term, I think we need to be all following the rules, right? We need to try to keep. Uh, the rate of inf infections flat as we see. But longer term, I think supply networks are going to have to become more resilient and have a balance of global and domestic sourcing and capacity. Uh, and, and I think this is where it gets interesting because uh, we, we need more tolerance from investors uh, in the idea of maybe higher levels of inventories of some things. Uh, so for so long, uh, investors and people looking at firm performance are saying, look, uh, you know, inventory is a bad thing. It's caught, it costs us something. It's look, it was viewed as a cost, but now I think we need to be more tolerant, uh, of a balanced set of measures for firms, uh, firm performance. You know, it's not just low cost profitability. We have to start looking at things like risk, safety, health, uh, those are things that, that really matter, and investors uh, should do more than just tolerate those things. They should really reward firms um, who are showing that they can do a better job in balancing those things. So let's look at things the other way. We will get back to some semblance of normal at some point. Will this giant flood of hopefully people returning to work, consumers returning to uh, the marketplace to, to buy stuff, is that going to create its own set of problems once kind of the, the American economy is, is unleashed in, in different ways? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, so in, uh, uh, in supply chain and economics, we talk about a concept called the bullwhip effect. Uh, and that's basically 
reacting to a short-term spike uh, by overproducing something, and then you end up with excess stories of certain products. Uh, and you know, it's basically trying to sense and balance demand. And I, I think we'll we'll probably see some some of the effects of bullwhip uh, as we return to normal. Um, I think again that uh, our years. If I could point to one thing that I think will be uh, changing as a result of this uh, this situation, this crisis, uh, is that our years of thinking of supply chain. Uh, that it has to be something that operates as lean as possible with razor-thin levels of, of uh, stocks and safety stocks. And uh, we're, we're probably going to see that change. Uh, and I think the idea of holding more inventories of critical components or goods will become more acceptable and maybe even become a standard practice um, as a result of this. But, yeah, for sure, as we get back to normal, we, can't, we all can't wait for that, right? Uh, we want we want to see. Uh, uh, I, I think we could deal with a little bit of inefficiency in the market uh, as we get back to normal, uh, but we'll probably experience that. That's it for this episode of KYW In Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.